Hi, everyone, and welcome to the My Burning Heart podcast. And today I have a treat for you. Uh, one of my best friends, Leah Fure Tracy with Take Me to Eternity podcast is here to have a discussion with us today. Um, disclaimer, you know, it is a touchy subject and um, coming from me, it is from a place of love. Coming from Leah, it's a place of love. And Leah, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what you do, where you're at and all the things? My name is Leah Fiore Tracy. Um, I have a podcast, blog, uh, YouTube video channel, um, all of the above, and it is Take Me to Eternity. I have a website and it's www.takemetoeternity.com and you can find me on all of the things and enough plugging myself. Um, I wanted to start out by saying that what we're talking about is just super touchy and some people are going to get upset. Please bear with us. Um, even if we're upsetting you when you are listening to what we're saying, um, try and stick with us because there are things that, um, I would like people to hear and, um, hopefully you can look past anything that might be hurtful or upsetting and see the reason that we say it. Um, you know, we just want everything to go through a biblical filter and, um, and, this is a subject that has hurt a lot of people and it's hurt a lot of people's relationships with God. So I agree. Like everything you said, like, just please be, just listen all the way through. I, my heart is that we bring light to what is going on with all of this stuff. Um, so I wanted today, we're going to be talking about um, the law of attraction and decreeing and declaring. And needless to say, this research was very tedious, very exhausting in a lot of ways, just because there's so much information out there on both. And we've watched through a lot of sermons that were really hard to sit through. <laughs> and I wanted to start, I was going to define the law of attraction. Um, the law of attraction is a philosophy suggesting that positive thoughts bring positive results into a person's life, while negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. It is based on the belief that thoughts are a form of energy, that positive energy attracts success in all areas of life, including health, finances, and relationships. So law of attraction is also, I don't know, it's just something that a lot of people fall into that I did too, personally. Um, I was reading self-help books that really promoted law of attraction, but as a believer, I had no idea because I wasn't reading my Bible. I was reading self-help books. So a lot of the self-help books, you know, claim to be Christian authors. So I was very trusting and I didn't really look further into it. I was like, well, they're a Christian, you know, must be okay. And it's just before I really knew that I needed to test things against the word of God, what were being said, didn't know much about it. Yeah. That's a way better definition than I have because mine is, um, it's the wording is definitely, um, not as easy to comprehend. So <laughs> that was a great definition. <laughs> um, you know, this, when you look at it, 
this mm -hmm. is, um, they say that like attracts like and that what we say um, manifests our reality. Yeah. Um, different people use different words to uh, say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it's just making yourself to be God. You mm -hmm. know, you have the God power, you have the power to create. And um, in a lot of Christian circles, um, that's what they're being taught is yeah. to decree and declare. And it, essentially, it's the exact same philosophy, um, just packaged differently. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's talking about um, we have the power to create and manipulate reality with our thoughts, our feelings and our words. Yeah. And it really goes back to the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to um, questioning God. Um, and bringing him down and raising ourselves up, you know, did God really say, do we really need to listen to that? Mm -hmm. And, um, we can be like him. We can have the power, you know? Um, and, you know, it's interesting that the, the power that they sought then was in, um, knowledge because, you know, it's just, we're just talking about words. We're talking about, you know, what we can do with our words, but, this really includes um, like self-deluded ideas that the thing that we want, we've already gotten or has already happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have the things that are brought into it, like visualizations, <clears throat> excuse me, positive affirmations, vision boards, manifesting. And, you know, all of these I hear in Christian circles. It's effectively just acting like reality isn't reality and we can make it whatever we want to, which is totally what society is doing right now. Yeah. I actually have done a lot of those things like in the past, um, both when I was beach body coaching, I would read all, you know, all the self-help books and read books like the energy bus. Um, so one of my friends once said I needed to read girl, wash your face. And it was after I already knew better. And I was like, I'm not reading that book. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to read my Bible. I don't, I don't even have time. You know, like if I have time, I'm reading my Bible. That fills me better. So I did the vision boards. And I had, um, I remember telling myself, you know, positive affirmations and things. And I would say, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I'm going to retire my husband from the military. And I was told if I just kept repeating those things. I would be so successful in my business that it would happen. And if it wasn't happening, okay, this is in law of attraction area. I was told if it wasn't happening, it's because I didn't believe it enough that I wasn't, that I was being negative and that I wasn't, there's, it was my fault, right? So whenever I was thinking on these things of where I've been, where I am now, and what I see about this now is, you know, back when I was doing that, like, oh, I'm being negative. You're not working hard enough. You know, the hustle culture, you know, I, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing all of the tasks hard enough. It's very much it's big weights that are put on your chest because you're, it's all on you. And you, if you don't do all of the things, the perfect formulas, then you're not going to be successful. So as I'm, you know, reading what people who claim to be Christians are saying, it's, 
these things won't come to you unless you have enough faith. So it's kind of like they changed the wording from law of attraction books, but then they put the Christian veneer on it. And it's like, well, you don't have enough faith. So God can't do anything in your life until your faith is at a certain level and you do everything you buy my book or whatever, and do these certain set of tasks and you don't have enough vision. And it's just really sad. Like when I'm looking back, I'm like, I can't believe that, you know, I was duped. Like, I think it was you, Leah, you said when you're pack up your podcast that, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, like you can still be duped. And I know your wording was probably different. Yeah. <laughs> your wording was probably different, but that's pretty much what I heard. Well, and, they're really crafty, you know, and they, yeah. they take an idea and they use um, Christianese. Yeah. And even in the law of attraction, um, they talk about asking, believing and receiving. Mm-hmm. And they, they bring it back to um, verses like Matthew 21, 22. So it says, and all things you ask in prayer, believing you will, you will receive. Mm-hmm. So they try and say that even Christianity teaches this. But when you look at that as a whole, um, you know, these verses are talking about us having, we're supposed to ask God. When we look at certain um, circles in Christian circle circles, mm-hmm. right? They say, I decree and declare, we're supposed to decree it. We're supposed to say, this is what we want. And we're supposed to say it like it's already happened. We, you know, thank God for that healing that you don't have yet because, you know, he has to give it to you. It's always his will to give you what you want. Um, We're supposed to be prosperous, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when you are told um, that you are, you have to, you have to say it. Well, in the Bible, it says we need to ask, Mm -hmm. you know, over and over again, we're told to ask Jesus modeled asking. He told us that we need to ask, you know, the father for everything that we need. Mm -hmm. And we need to believe that he can, not that he will, not that we're going to get everything that we want, but we need to believe that he can do whatever it is that is his will. And, you know, whatever situation, it doesn't matter how hard it is or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we're supposed to believe it. And when it says you will receive it, we will receive, you know, answer. what, yeah, we're going to receive a yes or a no or within God's will, which there's yep. scripture. I can't remember if it's, uh, I think it was in Timothy or I was just reading it this morning. It says like, ask and like it's it was talking about our prayers are answered according to God's will will like you will receive but it's not like I want this so I'm going to get it it's God will answer you and like you said it's either a yes or a no it's not I said it so I'm getting it and right it just reminds me when you look at it in simpler terms as like you know my own kids like I want it so I'm getting it you know so I try to like, look at it, like, I don't know, you know, as a parent, I see things. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like something a toddler would say, like, I want it. So I get it because I'm speaking it into existence. And it's like a magical fairyland with rainbows and unicorns. And it's just, we should desire God's will to be done because his will is perfect. And he, like, he does all things for our good. So whenever we don't get the answer we want, I just feel like that's a, 
I mean, that is a time for us to grow and to trust the Lord. And it builds that relationship with God, you know, when we're like, we didn't get the answer we wanted. And an answer could just be a door closing on something, you know, something simple, like, you know, your day didn't go as you wanted. Like if you stub your toe in the morning and you say, oh, it's one of those days that your day is going to be bad. Law of attraction teaches if you say, you know, if you turn that around and you stub your toe and be like, oh, well, it's going to be a great day, then your day will be good. Prosperity teachers teach that if you're sick, then it's your fault because you don't have yeah. enough, <clears throat> enough faith to be healed, yeah. that you um, are to expect your healing, grab your healing. It's there yeah. for you, you know, that your prosperity is already there. Um, the new age teaches all of these things. It teaches, yeah. it teaches this new thought teaches this, the prosperity preachers, Christian science teaches this, mm-hmm. the NAR teaches this. You know, this is um, the name it and claim it, decree and declare idea. Mm -hmm. And I had to put this down. (laughs) Excuse me for my sense of humor before I say it. It's the grab your healing, decree it, declare that it has happened. The blab it and grab it. (laughs) It is absolutely, you know, you have to thank God for the healing that you want that you don't have. And it's really damaging because there's so many people who desperately want to get well and they do believe that God can do it and they have faith, you know, they have enough faith and they are told that the reason that they're still sick or, um, you know, Joyce Meyer came out with a, um, a apology and I, I say it with air quotes because it was not very feeling oriented. It was not very a real apologetic, but her apology, she was saying um, that she appreciates the prosperity gospel. She appreciates um, what she learned about faith, um, but it went too far. And she said, uh, when anytime somebody was sick, it was their fault because they didn't have enough faith. When your children die, catch that. If your children dies, it's your fault because you don't have enough faith. And um, she, it, it is absolutely bizarre that this is where we're going. You know, mm-hmm. the law of attraction teaches if you don't think the right thoughts, if you don't speak the right words, if you don't have the right feelings, well, this is what so-called Christians are teaching. Yeah. And I want to read this uh, quote. And I thought it'd be funny. I don't know. You probably already know who it's from, but after like what you just said, I wanted to read this quote. Clearly it's kind of easy to know that it is coming from a Christian. And I do this because guys, the gospel is all wrong in this movement, but just listen to this quote and maybe Leah, you can guess who it's from. The words that we speak our spirit in life or spirit in death. In fact, it says in James that our whole course in life is directed by words we speak. So we have to watch this little deadly member called the tongue, because if it's not sanctified, it will bring forth death. Jesus says the word is this that a Bill Johnson, is this a Bill Johnson quote? No, Jesus said the <laughs> words that I speak 
are spirit and they are life. So as he spoke them, the essence of that word, of a substance, what it represents, goes out into the spirit realm and starts to create. It brings life. The more word that you can speak, the more life will be given. So who is that? <laughs> Do you know who that is? That is, it's Patricia King. And she uses word salad. I like calling it a bunch of word salad, little words that yeah, mean that's nothing. Law of attraction it's right there, though. Heresy. But anyway, so this is law of attraction. I was watching this video of from a person who is practicing law of attraction. And what this guy said is exactly what she said, except the words were different because he was saying, you know, in our brains and our minds and our thoughts and what we speak. Like it has to reach, it has to manifest in the physical realm. But in order for us to do that, we have to correct how we think, which reminds me of Joyce Meyer, the battlefield of the mind. Cause I listened to, the, I had the audio book. I would listen to that every morning on my way to work, like 2010 to 2012 ish. Um, the battlefield of the mind teaches this too um, by Joyce Meyer. And it's, law of attraction and whenever I was reading it I'm like how could we miss this like how you know if we're bible believing believers how can we miss this it's kind of like ignorance is bliss like I don't want to know but eek right like <laughs> that's like law of attraction right there that you speak yeah, but it if you don't into you the don't spirit know, realm if you don't know then you don't know yeah, okay. and, I and didn't if you're looking at things, if we look at things and we say, well, that sounds kind of right, and we don't look into them, yeah, it's easy to get misguided. You know, it's easy to go, well, they quoted scripture. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, um, I watched uh, Joyce Myers just because you're talking about Joyce Myers. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't a pick on Joyce Myers Day, by the way. No, and I'm um, not picking on anyone so, either. It's just what they said. These are her actual their actual words. Yeah, so there was a video, and she says um, that we can call things that were not yet a reality in our lives as if they already existed. She quotes um, Romans 4.17, but this isn't talking about us, you know? Uh -huh. And she even says, we have a God who can call into being that which does not exist. And then she says, so our words have power, but the the verse is, as it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. And so Talking she says God. words. Yeah, she says words inherently have power. And when we speak the word of God over our lives, our children's lives or their futures, one of then she's like cuts herself off and says, one of the things I started to say when my kids were all little was all my children grow up and they marry born again, spirit filled men and women, and they all serve God all their life. And, you know, all of my children are married to somebody that loves God. They're all in some way, shape or form serving God in ministry. And the, the implication is that her words had power, that because she spoke over her kids, these things, that is why. And, um, you know, it takes the power away from God and it puts it on us and our words. And it's bizarre. You know, it really is. 
the the fact that um, Christians are taking the focus off of God is exactly what Satan does. You know, he takes the focus off of God and says, "You can be like him. You could can you can create." You can speak things into existence. You can make your life what you want it to be. You want blessings? Just speak them. And you know, blessings can be something that we don't notice are blessings because we're so focused on wanting what we want. And that's something God has really worked on my own life because like I said, you know, and I, when I'm, when I'm frustrated about this, it's because I fell for it personally. I don't know about Leah, but for years I followed this teaching and I had been talking to my husband recently saying how damaging listening to these people. I had to learn, relearn through God's word, like who is God? Because I was so, um, excuse me, like intertwined in all of that. Like even after our leaving the NAR and all that stuff, I was still working through this theology and stuff like, because I was, you know, Joyce Meyer and I have family that is into like, you know, Joyce Meyer, um, Kenneth Copeland and all those people. And I had to rework myself through all that. I didn't realize how far back all of that went in my life. Like when I'm examining myself and my beliefs, like who is God? And it's so sweet. Um, because, you know, I feel like it's, it's good. I think it's not good, but I'm glad that I went through that so I can help other people see it because I think it is kind of scary to talk about this stuff because people are very up in arms about their teachers. Um, but one thing that I think is so sweet is as I'm coming out of all of this, I'm reading the Bible with my kids and it took me years. Like for example, just reading through the Bible in context from beginning to end, it took me years to even have a light bulb on this, the passages of scripture talking about God hardening Pharaoh's heart. And as we're, we've been reading, it's just so beneficial for our kids because we're reading through the Bible. And my seven-year-old is like, mom, why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? And I was just like, for me, that made me like, whoa, because I didn't even ask that question until I was in my (laughs) thirties. And she's just, you know, like, because in context, it's just so like little things pop out. And I'm just so blessed by that. I'm, I'm so glad that we can talk about this because only God has the power to do those things. So I don't know where that came from, but I just wanted to mention it, how after following all these people, I'm learning like my (laughs) seven-year-old, like I had been, like I've, I've learned more, but you know, it's just kind of, it's damaging. What you're saying is after coming out of the, the, the things that you have, you have dug in and learned a whole lot more than you ever did before. Cause you weren't in your Bible searching it before. Yeah. Yeah. And then my seven-year-old is asking questions. I asked like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're, you are uh, discipling her. Yes. You are. I'm just saying you're being okay, a good thank mom. You. <laughs> thank you, Leah. Thank you. You deciphered my word jumbles. 
Oh man, you gotta love BFFs, man. <laughs> She's like, I get you. Okay, let me translate. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, it's yeah. coming from what we came out of, coming from, um, I mean, you know, all too well the struggle that I've had with my health, like for yeah. a very long time. And being told that um, we're all supposed to be healers, we're all supposed to be able to. Um, do all the miracles that Jesus did. Um, you know, it's just another way that uh, people are bringing God down and elevating ourselves. And this isn't new. No, so the the whole law of attraction, how it correlates with decreeing and declaring, um, the whole uh, prosperity preaching, you know, these all link together. And the the common thread is you have the power. You know, this is about you and your power to be able to do the things that you want in this world. And when we were looking at people like Todd White, who kept saying, you know, you should be able to be healed and you ever, it's always God's will to heal, you know, Bill Johnson and Chris Velaton, that's what they teach. Um, even after all, yes, and we are told very okay. differently. Yeah. But I mean, when you're taught that, it um, does something to you and you look to self and then you start looking at, um, man, I'm so, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not better. And, um, and it's very discouraging. And if that's what people think that Christianity is, if that's what people think that um, we're supposed to be doing, I, there's no wonder people walk away from the faith like they do. Yeah. You know, they, they think they know what Christianity is and they go, I can't do that. Yeah. You know, I've never healed anybody. I'm still sick myself, you know, so-and-so has died and I prayed for them and I didn't get what I wanted. And mm -hmm. when you start looking at it in the sense of, um, I wanted, I asked for, I had faith and I didn't get it. Um, this whole law of attraction thing. When you start looking at that in the Christian realm, you can look at it and be like, this is super damaging because that's not what we're told. We're told you ask God, you have faith that he can do it. You don't mm -hmm. have faith that you're going to get it. You have faith he can do, you know, yeah. and it changes our whole outlook. Yeah. We're supposed to be heavenly minded, not self-minded. You know, I talk a lot about how dangerous looking to self is. And I mean, that's part of why we have the law is to know yeah. that we're not adequate. You know, we, we can't be good enough. We can't do enough. We don't have that power. Yeah. So Leah, can you, cause you mentioned something about Bethel's declaration and I wanted you to read that cause that's definitely. Something. Yeah, this is, this is a really good um, view of the law of attraction in Bethel and um, it, Bill Johnson, Chris Felton, both of them high up in Bethel. I don't know if you know that, but um, they start every service with a very declarative prosperity repeat after me session right before they take offerings. Bill Johnson in one of the videos, he says, uh, let's make this decree and then we'll receive the offerings he says, as we receive today's offerings, 
we are believing the Lord for, and everybody in the audience, by the way, is repeating after him, jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you noticed, he's not praying. Mm-mm. He's not. They declared it to be. They yeah. say, these same people say that to pray, thy will be done, is a faithless prayer. Jesus prayed, thy will be done. That <laughs> Our model is God. You know, <laughs> God showed us how to pray. And when God spoke to his father, you know, when the son spoke to the father, he said, not my will, but your will, you know? Yeah. That's just, to say it's faithless is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have some quotes from Bill Johnson because it's really hard for me to listen to him. Cause like I said, it's more like word salad and I'm always, I'm trying to decipher, okay, what are you saying? Um, <laughs> what is the, what are you trying to say? You know, he said in this sermon that I watched, um, Bill Johnson of Bethel, whenever there is a bold proclamation of the gospel on the part of the people of God, there is a bold response from heaven to bring breakthrough. And I wanted to mention in law of attraction, they talk about breakthrough a lot. Uh, the breakthrough for the manifestation of what you say breakthroughs, like a trigger word, <laughs> um, for law of attraction. And then he said, whenever something is boldly proclaimed here, it is boldly responded to there, meaning heaven. And he said, proclaiming is seeding the cloud of the response from heaven. So like when you're proclaiming like those decrees or the declarations that they say at the beginning of service, it's like they believe that they're putting seeds in the clouds of response, you know, from heaven. So I don't, sometimes I'm just speechless. And then he said, which blew my mind because he said, all thoughts turn into reality eventually. And I was like, yeah, uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Stephen Bancars was talking about, um, you know, one thing that goes against the law of attraction and, you know, all of this decreeing and declaring, which, you know, people decree and declare that, they're binding Satan all the time yet. Somehow he's always loosed and they have to do it again. But um, that meme of that, I don't put a meme. It's a mom praying next to her daughter. She's like, and bind Satan. And the daughter's like, he's loose again. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just like, um, question. Steven Van Kars. Yeah. He used the analogy of, um, the lottery. And he's like, you know, all these, we have so many people who try to win the lottery. How many of those people are uh, decreeing and declaring that they've already won it? 
or believing that they are without doubting. You know, you have all these people, but not all those people can win it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely bizarre. We have like Kenneth Hagen, who's a total word of faith teacher. He said, you can have whatever you say. You always get in your life what you believe for and what you say. Like, no, I haven't gotten everything I believed for or said, you know, I've believed, you know, I was a little kid once and I believed a lot of things that I didn't actually get. Um, So people, this is a whole nother one, people like Joel Osteen, who says the I am statements, Mm, Yeah, you know, he says, um, when we say I'm so old, wrinkles come looking for you. When you say I'm so fat, calories come looking for you. There's a part of the new age um, that is called the I am movement. And I don't find that weird that, you know, he's just teaching new age thought. It totally is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it teaches the same things that um, I don't know. Have I mentioned Helena Blavatsky yet? No. So talk about her. The first time that um, the term, um, the law of attraction was mentioned, like Mm -hmm. the first time you can find it mentioned somewhere, um, it was mentioned by a woman named Helena Blavatsky, and that was in 1877. So Helena Blavatsky was a very well-known occultist who called herself a mystic. You know, a lot of people call themselves Christian mystics and are occultists. Um, She started a religion called Theosophy, which pulls together philosophy, science, and spiritual ideas. Her ideas helped, they helped found the New Age movement in like a lot of ways. She was anti-Christian. A lot of the things that make the New Age the New Age were taught by her way way before there was anything ever called the New Age. Yeah. Um, She started a magazine that most know as the Theosophical Magazine. I mean, if anybody knows what she started. Uh, But when she started it, it was called Lucifer. She's a Luciferian, so she's a Satanist. Satanist, Yeah. Yeah. So her teachings, um, she taught the law of attraction Mm -hmm. as an occultist. And the things that she's teaching, um, there's actually a lot of correlation between the way that she said it and the way that some of these um christian circles are saying it the manifesting the um just some of the wording even because they used religious terminology you know i mean a lot of people use religious terminology they just mean something different yeah it's true like it's kind of like when christians do it they put the christian you know christianese on it but it's it means the same thing and whenever you were talking about her, there's, I like that they say that it's ancient in some articles. Isn't that something that Marcia Mon- Montenegro, is that how you say her name? Montenegro? Marcia Montenegro. Marcia Montenegro. Um, she always talks about like, even like the Enneagram and things like that, that they're, um, they say that they're old, but they're not really that old. So like you said, where, where was she? 1830? She was 1870. Well, the, when it was first mentioned was 1877. Which it could have been before that too. 
but still 1877 isn't like completely ancient <laughs> she was like it was uh this dude in like the 1830s, people just building off of it. But it doesn't surprise me that it started off a Satanist occultist. Like it just doesn't because most of like the Enneagram start started there. Um, all this other stuff that's infiltrating the church usually originated in the occult. Most well, I mean, it's not strange to me that people who um channel spirits okay Mm -hmm. so occultists are known for channeling spirits and she um is just one of them yeah it's not strange to me that when they channel spirits they get a lot of the same information yeah so um a lot of the things that we find in like egypt and stuff like that we see the same false gods being worshipped in a lot of different places they just have different names yeah um but it's not strange because all of these ideas are just, they're just satanic ideas. They're yeah. ideas that pull us away from God, mm-hmm. you know, and when we're looking at them um, and we see, it's like, you know, I say, it's like seeing Satan's thumbprint, you know, it's his yeah. calling card. You can see the same lies over and over and over again. He's, he may be crafty. Mm-hmm. He may be able to repackage it and resell it and make it, you know, new pretty bow on it or whatever. Um, but it really isn't new and it's, it's really not different. You just have to look past the veneer to be able to see, you know, what the whole point is. So I pulled off a piece because the Mm -hmm. secret, um, the secret is part of how the, the law of attraction infiltrated the church. I think, I think the church fell for a lot of what was in the secret and, um, accepted it. And so I pulled a clip off of uh, Marsha Montenegro's summation of Mm -hmm. the secret on um, Canna. And um, the part I pulled off was the Abraham teachings. Yeah. So Rhonda Byrne, author of the secret, I think that's how you say her name, um, is a disciple of Jerry and Esther Hicks. The Hicks claim they learned this technique, which they call the science of deliberate creation from abraham not abraham as in the bible patriarch but abraham as a group of obviously evolved teachers who speak their broader non-physical perspective through the physical body of esther um so basically esther hicks is receiving and channeling spirits and um and she's being taught and teaching what these spirits say um this is super dangerous like this is really dangerous this is like demonic to Mm -hmm. a t so here's the principles you're a physical extension of that which is non-physical you are here in this body because you chose to be here the basis of your life is freedom the purpose of your life is joy you are a creator you create with your very thought anything that you can imagine is yours to be or do or have you are choosing your creations as you are choosing your thoughts the universe adores you for it knows your broadest intentions relax into your natural well-being all is well really it is you are a creator of thought ways on your unique path of joy actions to be taken and money to be exchanged are byproducts of your focus on joy. 
You may appropriately depart your body without illness or pain. You cannot die. You are everlasting life. The above points are all about you. There's no glorification of God, no exaltation of Christ, no accountability to God, but rather man is made into a God, ruling over his own life through his own desires. Do you also realize? Oh, go ahead. It's just, it's not new. This is like so many different things that I see coming into the church. Yeah. You know, um, so many different people like Kenneth Copeland saying we are gods. Um, Stephen Furtick, you know, he has come out and said we are gods multiple times. Yeah. There's a lot of people who have said that and um, a lot who imply it. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed what I mean, you probably did. But what you read, isn't it interesting that it's like you are everlasting life? It's mocking the Bible. So it's it's mocking God's characteristics yes, and putting it on the person and saying, but you're a God. And like you said earlier, isn't that the first, that's why Satan fell like, (laughs) because he wanted to be God, he wanted to be like God and he wanted, it's it's man worshiping the creation rather than the creator. You know, we worship ourselves as God. We worship the things as God. But when we, when we're doing this, it's just self-worship. It really is. You know, we look at um, all these different things. I can look at different groups that call themselves Christians that they may not say these things out loud, but they teach them, you know, they teach, you have the power. You can be just like Jesus Mm -hmm. because you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have God in you, therefore we can call you a little God. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, it's it's absolutely bizarre, and it's uh, hard to watch people teach these things. And you know, people want a solid heresy. They want you to be able to have it packaged in a pretty bow yeah. and say, "This is exactly what they said." You can watch them say, "Jesus isn't God," but that's not how Satan works. He's more clever than that. Yeah, you know? because that's how you're deceived. Like, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter, like, if you're not being, you know, practicing discernment by being in the word, it's, it's, it can sound kind of right. And there, it could sound kind of true. And that's why I just, I'm not okay with don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because the Bible says, there's a little leaven in the loaf. It ruins the whole lump. Just because someone says it makes you feel nice doesn't mean we should be listening to them. You know? Well, it's like um, I was listening to somebody the other day and he said something. I just loved how he said it. So everybody says, um, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, we can get boneless meat now, right? <laughs> we don't have, <laughs> have bones in our meat. And I'm like, that's great. That's we don't have one. to have a little heresy in our spiritual food you know yeah we can have pure food and why would we not want pure food why would we want to accept um a little tainted meat you know mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've heard of Brenda Kuneman I was watching it was hard it's hard not to laugh I'm sorry like watching it's supernatural was is it Sid Roth 
Sid Roth, yeah. Okay. That show is bizarre. I mean, talk about snake oil salesman. Oh my goodness. But I was watching it, and this woman, she says she's a female pastor, Brenda Cunneman, you know, pastor. Um, she said something because she's gone to heaven several times, apparently, or she's a prophet. I can't really, it was hard to figure it out, but she said something that I was like, what? She goes, don't become the devil's prophet with your mouth by speaking negatively. So if you're negative mm-hmm. and you say something negative, then you're the devil's prophet. So because what you're speaking is going to make it manifest you know? And so if you're speaking negatively, you're the devil's prophet. And then she goes, we have a weapon in your mouth that allows you to declare a thing, command a thing and watch it be established. And you have to learn how to fight demons. I mean, what kind of freedom is that right there? It's not freedom freedom through Christ, you know, and to have freedom through Christ. Like, I'm so glad that that's not true. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Because that's too, that's, Oh, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So I always, even when I, it's not even with this stuff, like we have to remember when we try and take all the control and that's what it is. It's like you said, like we're trying to be God in that when you're saying things like that, I don't want to be God. I don't want my will to be done because my will isn't perfect. I am an imperfect human who has sin. I don't want to be in charge of any of that. And when, in regards to like these teachers, it reminded like in Jeremiah 23, 31 to 32, it says, behold, I am against the prophets declares the Lord who use their tongues and declare declares the Lord. Behold, I am against those who prophesy lying dreams declares the Lord. And who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness when I did not send them or charge them. So they do not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. So most of the people who are saying these things within the church are also prophets. So, yeah, they're going, taking trips to heaven and making snowmen that come to life. And there's jello cities and um, (laughs) just. You've been watching pink haired ladies too much. Yeah. And Jesus tells people to dye their hair pink because Jesus said I should. And how much of a mockery of God is that when people are doing things like that? Hey, you should dye your hair pink and then hold the staff and yell at a storm with your staff in the wind live on Facebook. (laughs) Like what? Like, why would God humiliate you? You know? Well, people, it's funny when I talk about stuff like that, uh, people think that I'm joking and they, they roll their eyes and I'm like, you don't understand. This is like huge. People the person that says that, people. yeah, the person who says that, which is Kat Kerr, mm-hmm. she is absolutely bizarre. I mean, yeah. the things that come out of her mouth, you can't watch her for like five minutes without raising an eyebrow and being like, where in the world do you think it's okay to say that? You know? Yeah. Um, and as we talk about all these people and we're dropping names, we, we just are yeah. because these are the people that um, they're saying these things. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know a lot of times we hear a small amount of what somebody says, yeah. but we don't catch other things. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to see good parts because these people don't only say bad things. 
you know, they do have some good things in there sometimes, mm -hmm. <clears throat> some more than others. But we should be praying for these people, you yes. know, um, we absolutely should be praying for them and praying for their hearts to be changed, yeah. praying for the people who are listening to them, mm -hmm. um, that our job is to <clears throat> glorify God. And that's with everything. That's with what we say and what we think and what we do. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's very important that we, we're not just sitting here making fun of people. We're like no. telling you, this is really the things that they but it's say. It's real things that are said. And I'm not laughing in a mocking way. I'm laughing because it's so outrageous and I'm an awkward laugher too. So, <laughs> but well, and there's a point outrageous. when you listen to these when you listen to these people enough times and you listen to the different things they say, you can't help but laugh. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even funny. It's just it's outrageous. Not. Yeah. It's just outrageously wrong for some encouragement <laughs> because of the, you know, his burden, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Titus two eleven to 15 says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. But I wanted to talk about in this verse, how it says, declare these things, but you're declaring scripture in the gospel. In most of these, it's talking about declare the gospel. Like if we're going to declare stuff, it needs to be God's word. Like God says this in his word, but not even declaring it into existence. I don't know. I think I wanted to add that for contrast, for encouragement slash contrast of Titus talking us to declare Jesus is coming back. He came to save people. It's the gospel. Yeah, I have um, verses that speak against declaring and decreeing. Mm -hmm. And some of them talk about, um, so some of them, you know, you have a lot that are asked and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Those are used um, a lot in the law of attraction and you know different people use these all things you ask in prayer believing you will receive mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be aligned with god on you know on all things that we ask for in prayer and um but we have like james 4 3 you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures mm -hmm. we have um james 4 13 through 16 Come now, you who say to, today or tomorrow, we will go to such a such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, are you ready for this? If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. All of these decreeing and declaring what, what is going to be. Mm -hmm. James 4, 13 through 16, it says, all such boasting is evil. So it's evil for people to boast in what they think is going to be happening. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, Luke twelve fifteen. Then he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance, does his life consist of his possessions. You know, these people are so um, stuck on what I get, what I want, what I have. You know, I want this thing. I'm going to speak it into existence. I want, you know, jets and houses and cars, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Your first Timothy six, eight through 11. Sorry. I'm like shotgunning scripture at you. Do it because we need it. (laughs) It says, if we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance and gentleness so we're supposed to be going after the pursuit of righteousness godliness faith love perseverance and gentleness but it says that the men who want the riches um they go into ruin you know Mm -hmm. that they're foolish and harmful desires is the the want of riches and then I have, I have two more. I'm almost done. <laughs> it's okay. Revelation 3, 17 and 18. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself. And that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I self to anoint your eyes so that you may see. And he's not talking about real gold. He's talking about our real treasure. And that is the gospel and salvation, you know? Yes. Um, Proverbs 19.21. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Mm-hmm. We can plan what we want. We can decree what we want. We can declare what we want, but that doesn't make it so. Yeah, it just doesn't, because we don't have. We're not God, so if it's God's will and you pray for something, and that's one of the notes that I took was the Bible talks about God's will an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, because it's never, and it's just so counter to what. Um the teachings are the word of faith, the decreeing, declaring, and it's so in line with law of attraction. And I just, I pray that, you know, believers wake up to that, that it's a new age practice. that's infiltrating the church and they're teaching like the scripture you just said, it's like counter to what God's word calls us to do, which is what we should desire to do is not to go on whatever whim, you know, and I want this. So I'm going to, you know, ask for it. And like, like I said earlier too, when it comes to the decreeing, declaring, um, when we're praying, 
you know, we have to be expecting God to say no to that. No, but it's for our good. And I know I talked about that earlier, but you know, we want God's will in our lives because God's will is perfect. And again, we're fallen man. Well, Jesus wanted, Jesus wanted the cup to pass yeah. from him. Yeah. But he said, your will be done. And you know, it didn't pass from him. <laughs> it didn't. When Paul prayed, when he, he was praying for God, asking him, you know, to get rid of an ailment he had, God said, my grace yep, is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And it's not, we're not, we shouldn't be focusing on wealth here. Like this is temporary. We're not going to be here forever. Like we need to be storing up our treasures. Like the Bible says in heaven, like store up your treasures in heaven because rust and, you know, like when you die, like what happens to all that stuff that you have, which it's not bad if people have all those things, but it's just in the way that they're obtaining them. That is whole other story, but I just, I have this desire for like, hopefully just believers to look into these things and to look into the scripture that we're quoting, but also to look into it for yourself, because it's one of those things where it's just, you kind of have to see it for yourself. You can listen to us, but again, don't take our word for it. Look into it yourself. And look into God's word and what it says. And like, if you're going to watch these teachers sit down and listen to them with your Bible open and read the context of what they're saying, because I think those James verses that you were talking about is part of James, where it's talking about the power of the tongue has life and death, but she never quotes in that quote exactly where you find it. And it's kind of, people are like, Oh, it's in James. Oh yeah. I think I remember a verse like that. And, you know, it's James talking about the power. It's, are you looking for it? <laughs> uh, pro- I have a Proverbs on here that is Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. And those who love it will eat its fruit. But um, when you read the whole chapter, chapter mm-hmm. 18, you can see how it shows the power of our words. Um, I just so happen to have these in my notes Good. Um, with things like, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a citadel. Um, I eat our words can offend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking about words um, hurting people. people. Yeah. We're it talks about, about quarrels. Yeah. It talks about quarrels and understanding, um, the wisdom and folly that come from a man's mouth, judgments made, a fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. Like our words are extremely, extremely powerful and we're not saying that they're not, but it's just not, um, it's not a force. It's not powerful in the sense of I'm going to call it into existence. Um, We can hurt people. We can, we can devastate them or we can build them up. You know, it's really important to remember that our marriage or we can tear down, you know? Yeah. And we need to bridle our tongues. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to, I think instead of saying my mouth is powerful and I need to only speak good things, speaking good things is important. Um, not speaking horrible things to people that can hurt them is more important. Yeah. So my, my goal should be to glorify God with everything that I do and everything that I say, because yeah. he's completely sovereign. 
And my focus ought to be on him and pleasing him and not this world and things that I want or what I want to happen. Because as we just read a little while ago, he's the one that makes our paths straight. He's the the sovereign one. He's the one that's in control. The whole Bible, one of the most beautiful pictures for me is that God is sovereign and that he is completely sovereign. And when you um, listen to different people, the people that I get the most captivated by listening to are the ones that catch that, the ones that um, are in awe of God, you know, and what he can do. It's not about us. It's about him. Our focus is way better. Like to me, that's just so better. Well, and that's part of the freeing part. So I found the James verse and it's James three, five to six. And it says, so also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire, the entire course of life and set on by fire, set on fire by hell. And it was like for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. So that went through verse eight. No, eight. Yeah. Verse eight, three, five to eight, James. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can hurt people. We can, like you were saying, we can uh, tear them down or we can build them up, you know? Yep. And so I have a couple quotes here as well, because I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Hart Ramsey. I was just on YouTube and I was looking around at like what different people were teaching. And I don't know who that is. Yeah. It's like a doctor and he goes, God won't release his assignments to you until you realize it's not about you. And it's mostly like motivational speaking. You know how people are like that. And it's the whole God won't do anything in your life until dot, dot, dot. until you do these things. So it's not just, it's works-based instead well, of- Well, and that's the hyper-charismatics a lot are, they say um, that we need to allow God, you know, we have to uh, allow God to be able to work on earth. Job 22, 23 to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that they use to say, look, we're supposed to decree and declare. And um, I was listening to somebody and that's what they were saying. They were saying um, they, they quoted just a little tiny chunk of it. And they, they said, yeah, look, we have to decree and declare. It says, if you return to the almighty, you will be restored. Um, If you remove unrighteousness far from your tent and place your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks, then the almighty will be your gold and choice silver to you for then you will delight in the almighty and lift up your face to god you will pray to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows you will also decree decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways and when you're cast down you will speak with confidence and the humble person he will save he will deliver one who is not innocent and he will de- be delivered through the clean cleanness of your hands. So where it says you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you, that gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. But 
when you look at what it's talking about, um, this is in Job. And if you know Job, Job is um, talking to two friends. At this point, he is got boils all over himself. He's lost a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And his friends are not very nice to him. Yeah. And um, so when he's speaking, the person who's talking here gets completely rebuked for speaking wrongly of God yes. and speaking wrongly of Job and speaking wrongly of Job's situation because he doesn't know. And he gets rebuked by God. And yes. God rebukes him in a way that says, I am sovereign. You have no clue. Yeah. So um, when we look at what the Bible says and when we listen to what people say about it, um, grab your Bible, Mm -hmm. pause a video, stop if you can, write down some notes, whatever you need to do. Look at what that verse says and just look at the context of it. You know, what do I know about who's talking and what they're saying and why they're saying it? And um, that helps so much with being able to look and say they're not speaking rightly. And yeah. especially with a lot of, with a lot of the people, Bill Johnson, you sent me a video on yeah. um, to watch. And within the first five minutes, he had quoted a verse and I paused it and I went to look it up and it's like, okay, that's not what it's talking about. And then he quoted another verse and I looked it up and that's not what it was talking about. And yeah. um, if we look and we say, this isn't what they're, what the Bible is saying, and they're misquoting scripture. Why do we want to get our spiritual food from people who aren't accurately speaking God's word? You know, yeah. that the power uh, is in God's word. Mm-hmm. It's not in our words. You know, we need to care that other people speak rightly about what God says and um, not twist it. Yeah. Because Satan twists it. Yeah. And I just know, like I said before, like in my own walk, like how... I had followed people like that, you know, and I wasn't opening up my Bible and, you know, I know people because I probably used to be this person, but I know people who will say like, well, I've read the Bible before. Like I read through the whole Bible and, you know, I know everything that's in it, but you don't because it's the living word of God. And I know personally, I didn't until my adult life, you know, my kids and I just finished reading through the whole Bible for the first time together. And to me, that's special that I got to do that with my kids, but I hadn't ever done that in my whole life. And I've been a Christian, you know, since I was like seven years old and never read through the whole Bible. And I didn't really understand it because it's when you're looking at God's word through the lens of a certain teacher, it's really hard to see what it means in its context and things. So if you're hearing someone say a verse means one thing, but you're, and you're reading it through their, you know, goggles or whatever, you're not going to see it for what it is. So we have to trust God first over a person because that person, no matter how much they puff themselves up is just as fallen as we are. And, you know, we, none of, not one is without sin, you know? And I just, whenever I'm listening to someone, even people I trust, I'm still super cautious now because, you know, they can make a mistake and say something that maybe they didn't mean it that way, but they said it that way. But with a lot of these teachers that we're talking about today, they repeat it a lot all the time. And it's well, not I mean, just we in all one make video. mistakes. 
yeah. we, we're not all a hundred percent correct. Yeah. So, um, I, RC sprawl made me feel so much better. I mean, he is, was an amazing theologian. That guy yes. is super intelligent. Yeah. Um, don't agree with him on everything, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he said all theologians are like 75% correct. Yeah. We would change the things we're not correct about, but we don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, we're all growing and we're all learning. The point yeah. is to prayerfully be in scripture and searching. Yeah. So not taking a verse and um, taking it and saying, this is what this verse means. Because if you look and you say, you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you. You're like, there you go. Decree it. It's going to be. But that's not, you, you have to look at the context of it and what's being said. Things can be taken out of context so easily. Yeah. And um, that's why everybody needs to be tested. You know, we're supposed to test every spirit. That's every person. Yeah. It's not just like some idea of, uh, oh, I heard a voice. It's not like that. You know, Even we need to test everybody. Happen. <laughs> people say but that I mean we all have I, I am absolutely I can tell you there are many things that I have said that have been mistaken from what I didn't mean I said them wrong um, my words I am not good with words as you know yeah um, a lot of the people who listen to me will absolutely say yes she says words they're hard well, um, how many times have I done that today too, though? <laughs> but that's, but that's how it goes, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We just need to be in the word and we need to care and we need to keep searching for truth and we need to um, be willing to listen to somebody and say, they're not speaking rightly. I'm not going to listen to them anymore, you know? Yeah. And when somebody says something about the person that you really like, look into it. Yeah, You know, I've heard a lot of things about people that I really appreciate and we can pray and, um, and look and truth will hold up. Mm-hmm. If it's not true, it's not going to hold up, Yeah, but you, ha- you do have to do your work, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know people who have been in the word for decades who are diligent in studying their word and they're still like, I don't know it all. Yeah. We're never going to know it all. Yeah. We're, we're studying God, <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, and that's like, well, every time you open your Bible, cause we're reading through the Bible again. And even this time there's more scripture that I'm like, I didn't, I don't remember that the first time. And every time you open the Bible and you start reading in context, it's just crazy. The stuff you miss when you're cherry picking it and just reading like one verse at a time, you miss like the substance of it. And you miss the things that they didn't teach you in Sunday school <laughs> and, you know, like things like that. Like I, there's just so much that I miss, but every time I open the Bible, I'm like, I don't remember that verse. Like say what, like Moses, for example, God went after to kill Moses um, because his son wasn't circumcised or something because it's that was the best he, idea they have. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, like, I don't remember that at all. And I read it again and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I started like, what does this mean? Why did God try and kill Moses? And it's just, it opens up more depth to the study. I think like when you're reading in context, because you're not, you're reading, you know, verse by verse, chapter by chapter and, or, you know, it could even be just reading the book of Proverbs or 
reading the book of Hebrews, but just reading it in its full, like the fullness of what it is, like in the letters of the apostles, you know, and the gospels reading all the way through, it's just so helpful. And like you, it gives, it gives study more depth. You ask more questions, you dig deeper. And I, I will never go back to cherry picking. Like it's just not fulfilling and it's, oh, that's nice. And then you just, it's hard to apply one verse, unless it's Proverbs, sometimes Proverbs, you know, it's like one liners, but it's hard to apply something or to understand it. If you don't understand it fully in the context of which it's it's supposed to be read and applied, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even with Proverbs, like Proverbs are generally somewhat around that proverb. They normally kind of have an, you know, a a a basic feel. Yeah. But, you know, God says that we are to um, meditate on his word yeah. and we're supposed to be talking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when we lie down and when we get up and when we're, you know, walking and when we're, we're, we're supposed to be meditating on his word yeah. and, and fellowship and talking to people about it so that we can better understand it. Um, and we learn by repetition, yeah. you know, I, I know that for me, I forget really easily. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not in the word continually, um, I'm going to start to forget. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that I know that, um, as you said, they say, you know, I've read the whole Bible and it's like, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. Do it again. It Do it again. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I really hope that um, I don't get tired of the Bible because I yes. know that I know people that happens to. I just know. Well, and your flesh fights against that. There's well, and it's know. easy to say I've already read that and you go yeah. to read it and you read it like, um, like putting it on a checklist and you're like, yeah, I read it. I've already read that before. I know what it says, but when we read, it should be, uh, with a heart to seek and understand, you mm-hmm. know, we want to understand deeper and better. And, um, it's part of our relationship with God to be able to be in his word and seek him in it, you know, understand him better through his word mm-hmm. amen and that goes with reading it over and over again even yes. the boring books the like boring Chronicles. books oh my gosh I'm almost <laughs> there and I'm just like oh because like the names it's the names especially well the laws are interesting but going through trying to read names when they do the genealogies I'm just like oh yeah. I want to read this because it hurts my brain <laughs> You know how many times, like, like I've had people say, oh, you don't, just don't read that part, you know, skip to a different part. But one of the things that um, God taught me, mm-hmm. and um, I, I use that very carefully. I know. What one you of mean. the things that God taught me while I was reading the Bible was um, when you're in a boring book and you're in a place that you want to skip over, there are times when there are these little tiny gems and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like one sentence or two sentences and it just hits you when you read it. And it's like this little nugget inside of um, the boring part, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's all there to teach us. It's all there to help us to be the people that God wants us to be. And I think going through all of the names is important. Um, It helps with our patience. It helps with us understanding um, the the lineage, you know. There's well, and then the context. There's names that are mentioned 
that like when you're reading like lineages and genealogies and stuff, mm-hmm. um, there's names that are sometimes throughout the Bible and you'll like, Oh, I know I've, I yep. know that name. And so even though it's like super hard at the time to pronounce names sometimes, like, that's the only thing I have is this like, Oh, I can't, especially cause I'm reading out loud a lot of the time to my kids. Yeah. I know. Like, oh, <laughs> yep. My so, kids, my kids funny. say, if you can't say the name, just say Bob. And I, I was joking around one time because we were doing, um, we were going through the lineage, we were going through the genealogy. And so I'm like, and Bob begat be Bob, Bob and Bob begat Bob and Bob. Be-, and they were laughing because I'm like, these are all hard names, you know? Yes. Uh, but what's cool is when you're reading it, though, it's neat because like you said, all of a sudden, like stories are popping up and you're, you're starting to see, oh, this person was yep. the father of that person was the yep. father of this person. You're like, wow. It connects and when you the start, dots for you to under, it gives you better understanding. Yeah. And you start, for me, I start to look at it and go, man, in Jesus's genealogy, um, there was so many people who were not perfect. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the fact that certain people made it into his bloodline yeah. is just amazing. Yeah, but it was all for God's will and for a purpose, which is yep. just, like I said, I don't want to be God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. It's like, no, thanks. You know, and we have strayed from the law of attraction. But I think the whole point is, well, um, the point God's is being sovereignty and God's yep. sovereignty. Yes, that's what I was going to say is like, I know this is, <laughs> but it's just the importance of scripture and why this stuff is able to infiltrate at all is because you know, people aren't in the word. And let's just be honest, like a lot of people aren't. And it's not saying that they don't love the Lord. It's not saying that a lot of these people in these movements, people aren't authentic in their faith that they love Jesus. It's just, it's important to know the true gospel, what the Bible says. And looking at, you know, all the people, the quotes, everything we've talked about today, um, it's just easy to see just in like the few scriptures. I mean, it was a lot, but few in the Bible about talking about the character, like our character, how we should live. And then just putting it up to the quotes, you know, that we talked about. It's just so obvious, but it's because it's the Bible and we should always filter everything through God's word and test every spirit. Just compare everything to the word. And that's what brought us out of the NAR. It is. Yeah. Yep. Is just comparing everything to God's word. And I trust God more than I trust man because we have to. Because, like Leah said, we're just, we can make mistakes. We can misspeak. We can, or some people might be intentionally deceiving people. I mean, you just don't know. So you just have, cause only God knows the hearts of man. You know, we don't know what people's hearts are. We see the fruit of things and we can judge by the fruit of ministries and things and take a look at that, but just test every spirit. And that's what I want to say, <laughs> get in the Bible. It's so important and it'll help you grow. And bring the more, more we peace. know, the more that we know the word, the easier it is to spot the fake. Yes. If we're in the word and we know um, God's character, 
then when we see people misspeaking about God's character, we go, "Mm, that doesn't sound right, you know? And we need to exercise our discernment muscles. Absolutely. And by being okay with questioning, because questioning is important, we need to question what people are saying and if they're speaking rightly. And that's everybody. Question me. Me I mean, I, I want people to come to me if there's an issue. Yep. Same. So yeah, let us know. (laughs) Well, I had fun here. This was a great discussion. I appreciate you having me on. Okay. I'm going to pray for y'all and for Leah and I, um, dear heavenly father, we just thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you Lord for your blessings. We thank you Lord for just even the blessings we don't see. I pray Lord that we would live our lives to glorify you and that your will would be done in our lives. I pray Lord for all of us to have wisdom and discernment and just please give us understanding as we go through your word and as we seek you first, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would just desire to do your will and not our own will. And I pray, Lord, that you would just open everyone's hearts, Lord, to receive your word, to receive the gospel if they don't know you, Lord. And we just thank you for that. And we love you. We worship you. You're the King of Kings and you're the Lord of the Lords and you are sovereign and we love you, Lord. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll see you later, girl. And thank you for joining us. And yeah, we'll see you guys later.